In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Lent begins again, and we dive back into readings that match this season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Our first reading is an instruction for how an Israelite is to bring his first fruits to the temple in Jerusalem. But while you might think this instruction would concentrate on the what of the offering, as in what should be offered, instead it gives more of the how, as in how the offering takes place. The Israelite farmer is told to enter the temple area carrying some of his first fruits in a basket. More on that in a second. Then this man would approach the priest and, after handing the basket to him, make a declaration of faith. Now, there's a debate about whether one's first fruits were actually the first fruits which a farmer harvested, or if they were considered rather the best fruits of the harvest. Since a farmer would want to leave his fields just as the harvest appeared and then travel to Jerusalem for several days before his very first yield began to spoil, it's more likely that the best fruits are what's envisioned here. What the farmer is supposed to say as he makes this presentation of the basket is considered a very early creed. Begins by telling how my father was a wandering Aramean who went down to Egypt. This is, of course, describing Jacob, who went down to Egypt with his sons. That he was wandering is meant to be a contrast to the present state of Israel. Whereas once the Israelites were food insecure, now they have settled into the land and are able to offer first fruits to the Lord. After seven weeks of hearing from the first letter to the Corinthians, this weekend we hear from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And in the passage at Mass, we're hearing one of St. Paul's absolute favorite topics to talk about, righteousness. He wants to show how righteousness is obtained not through works of the law, but rather through faith. In just a few verses prior to our excerpt, he explains how the Jewish people of his day are mistaken in continuing to understand righteousness by following Torah observance. He says, For in their unawareness of the righteousness that comes from God and their attempt to establish their own righteousness— They did not submit to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for the justification of everyone who has faith. To back up this bold claim, Paul is going to quote from all over the Hebrew Bible. First, a passage from Deuteronomy, where he adds a bit of his own commentary. Then, a passage from Isaiah about how no one who believes in him will be put to shame. And then lastly, in the final verse, he pulls a line from the prophet Joel. Here's Paul's progression of thought in this chapter. He begins by praying that more Jews might be saved. He shows how this salvation comes about by faith in Jesus, and then he wraps up by demonstrating how everyone, Jews and Greeks alike, can obtain this salvation by calling on the name of the Lord. Luke tells us his account of Jesus' temptations in the desert for our gospel this weekend. St. Luke and St. Matthew recount very similar experiences for these temptations, leading us to believe that they both took this material from a singular source, often referred to as the Q source. But Luke has a bit of a different order for the temptations than Matthew. Luke swaps the second and third temptations as compared to Matthew so that the final temptation occurs at the temple in Jerusalem. This is, of course, the city where Jesus will die, and Luke's gospel both begins and ends at the temple. That Jesus undergoes three specific temptations is likely a reflection of the three ways that the people of Israel failed the Lord God during their wandering in the desert. First, they gave in to their cravings and demanded food from Moses. Second, they forgot the God who saved them and began to practice idolatry with the golden calf. And finally, they tested God at the rock at Meribah. 
These three failures parallel how Jesus remains faithful to his heavenly Father in these temptations. He doesn't submit to the cravings for food. He doesn't practice idolatry. And lastly, he doesn't test the Lord God. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this first Sunday in Lent in year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.